You are now listening to the Paper Cut Comic Podcast with Dean DeFalco, Dan Ryan, Evan Goldstein, and Matt Munch. For the comic podcast with the most personality this side of the galaxy, it'll always be Paper Cuts. Over to you, Dan. Thanks, announcer guy, and thank you for checking out the Paper Cuts Podcast, issue 84. I'm your host, Dan Ryan. Joining me this week is Mr. Matthew Much. Oh, hi. I'm first. That's so nice. Mr. Evan Goldstein. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we have a competitor for who is the real Evan Goldstein. I'm yeah. so sorry for him. He has no manners. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. He stole my line. I don't know what to say. <laughs> And Mr. Dean DeFalco. 27 goddamn minutes! <laughs> oh, that was with uh, James Franco, right? Gets no, his arm caught in a rock. 124 yeah. months. It's a very shitty movie. It's very got short. really old. It was a very long movie. Was it? I didn't see it. I haven't anyway. seen that much piss drinking since I saw an episode <laughs> of Wild Whatever with Bear Grylls. <laughs> Wild Man, I believe it was called. Wild Man. Wild Man? Maybe. Was it Man? Man, man versus, versus nature. Man versus man wild. Versus no, man nature. versus wild. No, man versus nature is one of the three <laughs> classic archetypes of literature, right? Are, are we going to start this show at no, some we're point ta- in time? We're, I mean, that leads into comic <gasps> oh, books, right? Dan, roll us into some shit. books. The train has left the station. <laughs> Listen, started my... heading down the highway, Listen, took off, and flew away. This, this is the first episode <laughs> where we're all This is the flying train the from Back to the guys. Future. Yeah, no, good point, l- good point. L- listen, this this is the first one where we're all back together again. Of course we're going to be off the goddamn rails. Yeah, that's, that's true. Well, uh, so in case you couldn't tell, uh, this is a comic book podcast where we're going to talk about some comic books. So if you haven't read your books for the week, uh, please don't listen as we are going to spoil them. Uh, also, we curse a lot, so earmuffs. Gentlemen, it was... Fucking earmuffs. Fucking earmuffs. It was a week that was excellent. And it would have been excellent if the only thing we would have read was Kaiju Max. But we read some other books as well. Oh my God, well. I don't understand. Fuck off, Evan, well, it's a good book. We'll get there. We're gonna start with, uh, we're gonna start at the end this week with Batman number 52, written uh, by James Tinian IV, uh, art by Riley Rossimo, who, God damn it, do I want Riley Rossimo on a Batman book. Um, as the artist? Oh God, yeah. Oh okay. I thought it was no, pretty, yeah, not no, you? I, I think it was pretty well done. Let's let's jump right into it. All right, I so love, Evan, I love what would you think? I it, this I haven't read a Batman book since probably issue thirty, and mm-hmm. I did not like this artwork because I'm used to Capullo, and this sir is, is no, no Capullo. No, it's it certainly is not. And to even compare, I mean, to compare anything to what Snyder and Capullo were able to do on the main Batman title uh, for the better part of the last, what, three years or so? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really not a very fair comparison. They they captured fucking magic, man. Like, they, they were doing uh, the Lord's work, as it were. And this book kind of served to end all of that by going back and exploring why Bruce does what he does. And I really enjoyed the issue. I, th- I think Tinian's a very good writer. Uh, like I said, I really like Rosmo's artwork. I liked this issue up until the very end of it, where, and we're just we're just gonna jump. Basically, the gist of the story is this: uh, after Bruce's parents die, uh, Doctor Tompkins Leslie gives him a journal. Old chicken legs. Old chicken legs, Leslie. <laughs> Leslie and uh, Bruce's uh, Bruce's journal is called "How to Move On." And, you know, as you can imagine, as a young boy who lost both of his parents, he's trying to make sense of the world at large and what is his place in this world without his parents. You know, and she even says, you know, he's in a lot of pain trying to figure his way out of this, what to do without his parents in a time when he would need them the most. So it's tough. And he's got all of these rules and sprinkled throughout the issue are these different little rules or or kind of signpost moments for Bruce to to be able to move on. And number one is disappear. And, you know, then then it jumps to, like, number 27 and, and all this. And he's fighting a villain um, that, that's pretty cool. Um, I thought he was pretty cool. Uh, Crypsis, he's just this weird-looking uh, teleportation phasing kind of villain. And he's, he's trying to steal 
uh, Bruce Wayne's lockbox from this really shitty bank in the Narrows. And he's thinking to himself, this is, you know, billionaire Bruce Wayne. Every billionaire has one of these lockboxes that has their, their big thing in it. And this is my score. This is my fucking ticket out of the bullshit that I'm doing with this weird pink costume. And, you know, I'm going to retire on Easy Street. And uh, it turns out that what he's trying to steal, what Bruce Wayne's biggest secret thing in this in this lockbox is this manual that he has. And I really like the story. I thought it, it did a really nice job of kind of wrapping up Batman and who he is and what he does and whatever. But at the very end, um, when Bruce was younger, Alfred puts something into the notebook and Bruce gets very pissed off at it. Young Master Bruce rips the page out of the book and you wouldn't understand you fucking dick in a bow tie. You're not my dubstep dad. <laughs> You're not you my don't dubstep know me. dad. You don't know me, man. You don't know the trouble I've seen. He fucking starts like rattling his coffee cup against the cage bars. Oh, <laughs> <knows. laughs> Thank you. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes are funnier when you explain them. Um, <laughs> so we have the you don't understand moment and, uh, you know, Bruce finally gets the thing back and he gives the notebook back to Alfred and he's like, no, Alfred, you gave me the thing I had to strive for every night because of number 52. And it's like, you oh, know, I get it now. Could you fucking <laughs> stop with the 52 shit? All right. But what, like, all right, do you have what, to shoehorn it in, because it, no. in this emotional story that I'm going with you, it gets to that point and I just go. Oh, yuck. All right, yeah, so what happened was I ignored it, and I thought it was a truly, like, touching moment. But I I see what you're talking about. If you took it in as, like, it had to be the number goddamn 52, because I went back, and I saw that, and I'm like... It's in fucking bold. Yeah, that was tasteless. (laughs) It was very tasteless. It could have... It literally could have been number 69, and I would have had less of a fucking reaction to it. Like, it just, enough, we get it, DC. 52, you arbitrarily, well, maybe not arbitrarily, but you picked 50, just fuck off. (laughs) See, I like the story. I thought the story was good. 52 aside, I I liked it up until that point. The artwork was bad. Everyone was disproportionate. Look at those fucking legs. Everybody's legs are... I, they can't. They're not enough to hold up the torso. Yes, they are. They're fine. They're fine. <laughs> they're fucking fine. Alfred's arms go to his ankles. What the shit is that about? I don't I know. Believe I believe they call it stylized. It is this certainly is Batman. stylized. I thought they were Batman called orangutans. Not... <laughs> nice. Alfred's knuckles are all bloody from dragging <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> I'm not saying I want Riley Rossmo on like the main Batman book, but I want him Just so on you a know, Batman book. Is it wait, hold on, let me let me get to the front page of my ditch. Oh, it is the main Batman book. It's titled fucking Batman. I, I know, but this is the, like next month is Batman. No, yeah, th- no, this is this is the end of it and they're gonna I think they're putting on new talent for the book anyway, so it didn't really matter have, who they yeah, stuck I don't, on. Oh man, it's and so I, weird <laughs> to see Batman smirking on the what the f- See, I, but, yeah, I saw that, and that weird. was and that was mean because they gave me Capullo on the cover. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, cool, they're still on. Who the fuck are these people? What is what is this shit? And it opens up with that goddamn image of Scooby Doo. That yeah. was the inside I'm, page. I'm, I'm kind of hyped for that book. Oh yeah, I'm 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 fucking stoked. I'm really excited. Why? Uh, as I was flipping through the books, uh, my daughter Penny came up and she was like, "Daddy, why does Shaggy look like you now?" <laughs> <laughs> Your daughter called you a hipster. Your daughter I was like, I don't, I don't know, sweetie. I don't, I don't have a handlebar mustache. And she, sometimes you do. I was like, okay, that's fair, but not always. Fair point, child. Fair point. So I, I mean, I, fifty-two criticism, criticism aside, I, uh, I genuinely loved this book. I thought it was a really nice, um, kind of wrap up to to Batman. Um, you know, it, I. I like the idea of kind of planting the the uh, the notion that that Bruce Wayne is not going out to avenge his parents' death every night. He is going out to make them proud. That seems like it has much more lasting impact, you so, know. And so, how long has Batman been doing this? 
Actually, five years. No, no, no. Well, in this in this universe, he's only been doing it like I think eight years. No, no, no. I'm talking about like the Batman that we've known. So he's been Batman for going on seventy five oh, yeah. years. Yeah, right? no, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Making his yeah. parents okay. proud for pretty. Long oh no, time. no, no. He's been avenging his parents' death for seventy four years, eleven months, and three hundred. Yeah. We're turning over a new leaf, okay? <laughs> but this is fine. Whatever. No, I thought I thought it was good. I I would suggest buying this book. I mean, you was know we. A- when, We've when talked did about this. Leave? Uh, I don't two, know. Two or three months ago, I think. Yeah. Okay. Couldn't just stick it out for those last four issues, huh? Nope. Well, he had to start working on the uh, on the detective. new book with. Uh, I, I think they're both on detective, aren't they? Maybe I don't know. We are so bad at our uh, journalism aspect. No, it's it's just DC because you can ask us anything you fucking want about Marvel. We'll answer all <laughs> your goddamn questions. Hold and, on. And it's not fair because I don't even like Marvel that much, but <laughs> I can't deny the fact they have good goddamn books. I really this do. is this is a thing about the internet. We all have microphones in front of our faces. Mm-hmm. If we say something confidently enough, it becomes fact because we then put it onto the internet and the mm. internet doesn't lie. The internet does not lie. <laughs> nope. Matt, you what did you I think of this that? book? <laughs> I thought You're it was on the really internet. good. I haven't read a Batman book since I think issue Three of the new fifty-two oh, wow. launch. So and like, like not even all the way through the Court of Owls storyline. No, oh, in fact, I so went good. so far as to buy the Court of Owls and not read it. That <laughs> just, just seems counterproductive. Spite. I'm just saying, man. Oh, it's Look, so I good. I can't Matt. explain to you why it happened, but it happened. And uh, I thought this book was good. It was nice to. Like, uh, they'd be like, oh, hey, we're going to wrap it up with the origin story because fuck you. But no, this is actually <laughs> just after the origin story, which made it a breath of fucking fresh air, <laughs> however I canonical it might I... be. Mm, and um, it was drawn well enough for me. Right. And um, yeah, it had a little bit of feels. It had a, a reasonable amount of feels. And I was like, yeah, I can I can accept that. I enjoy that. I do enjoy feels, but you know what? (laughs) Fuck this. They're coming out with a new goddamn universe. We'll talk about it in a couple weeks. Because what we did get at the the end of this book was a nice checklist that had what the fuck we're going to be looking forward to. And it starts on the 20-fucking-5th of May. It's Uh, not a reboot. Before that? It's a rebirth. It's not a reboot. But before that, it had a gorgeous Gary Frank image. Gary Frank is so good. I want him to draw everything. Didn't you just that say dude. you want this guy to draw? <laughs> no, no. I want him to draw a Batman book, not I the want Batman. I want Gary Frank to draw everything. What, what image are you talking about? The splash page. The Everybody's oh, running one. to the Never lightning. Mind. Sorry. I was just clicking through too fast. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah no, that was a pretty dope image. <laughs> I, and I that, that hand sticking out of the Gary lightning, I, I need to know now. I need to yeah. know. They, oh, it's Jesus. God. Th- yeah. I don't know. If it's God, I'm just going to fucking burn the book and be like, I'm fucking done. Fuck you, DC. I'm fucking done. DC is, take that, atheists. (laughs) 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 All of the God allegories, it's just God, actually. It's just, it's not a fucking allegory. It's just, it's just Mr. Jeezy Beard. Anyway, so, (laughs) it's it's a buy it from me, Evan. Uh, The story was good enough, yeah. Dean. It's a Jeezy Beard from me. (laughs) Two Jeezy Beards in a circle. Matt. That sounds like a video I would not like to watch. <laughs> I've seen it. It peters out halfway through. Um, all oh, right, dear. So, <laughs> so pick up Batman number 52. Uh, yeah, moving on. Venom Space Knight number seven. Yo, we missed an issue, guys. Or we maybe did. two issues, because I don't know what the fuck's going on. I understood it after a few pages. Well, I didn't miss him. Maybe you missed him. Well, I... we didn't do it on the show. It was we like didn't? three weeks ago. I'm now. fucking reading that shit. Yeah, I'm, I I just read it now. Like you fuck, you missed it. You fuckers talked me into this book. <laughs> <laughs> that was evil. You that love was fucking it. diabolical. So yeah, I do, I do. Uh, Venom Space Knight number seven, written ro- by Robbie Thompson, art by Ariel Olivetti. Uh, so Venom uh, has gotten back Pick Rolo's uh, son. They have fought Mercurio. Uh, where we last left this book on the show, the Clintar, the Venom symbiote, 
I can't I can't fucking say Clintar because I don't know if it's Clintar or Clintar, so I can't. I'm just gonna keep saying symbiote. Uh, the symbiote was attached to the uh, big bad guy Mercurio. Uh, it was oh, looking all fucking right. evil. And then we didn't read an issue on the show, but uh, they won. <laughs> Surprise! The good guys won. <laughs> I never would have known. No, I mean it. It was a a plot twist like you wouldn't believe. It was it was like the fucking Kaiser Soze reveal. Wow! <laughs> what oh, a twist! Shit. <laughs> Verbal Kid is fucking Kaiser Soho. He's not limping anymore. Son of a bitch! And he smokes. Oh god damn it! It's the best thing ever. Stop making movies, Brian Singer. Um. So, so they get Pick Rolo's kid back, and uh, Venom has a crew now. He's got uh, Ika, or Iqua. I don't. Uh, right, IQA. Listen, I don't know how you would say that. Let's just go Ika? by what they were, because no one's gonna. I. I t- to be honest, when they were saying the names, I didn't remember until I turned the page. I was like, Oh, Snakehead oh. Lady! I remember so, you. Yeah. So, so Venom's crew is a uh, Snakehead Lady, uh, Giant Murder Panda Bear. And uh, pa- giant murder panda bear's kid, and eight oh three, the robot, and uh, he he names it. Is still the best. Eight oh three is fucking awesome. Murder uh, bear junior still pretty good. <laughs> they they get a new spaceship uh, named the Enterprise, the E N T E R P R I Z E. Like you're <laughs> get it, Star Wars, <laughs> Trek Wars. It's my favorite thing. Um, did so you say they... starch wars? I did. Uh... It's like thumb wars. Touch your tongue to mine. Make it all official. Nothing? No? Okay. No. Just me. What? Thumb wars? Really? I, I got that part, but what happened? Tongues? Had... Yeah. Yeah, when, uh, the little Yoda thumbs. Touch your tongue to mine. Why? You know, <laughs> make it all official. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, wait, are Ubi you talking Dubi, about Scooby Dooby Canooby? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Very funny. <sighs> Completely Choo-choo. off the rails. Anyway, back to uh, Venom Space Night number seven. So Venom's got himself a crew. His original ship uh, was destroyed, but they have this new ship. And uh, 803 is on a salvage mission, uh, just fucking up some robots with uh, Murder Bear Jr. And as they are there, uh, Venom's trainer shows up. The uh, the crazy purple, scary looking thing. And uh, her name is Tarna. And uh, his crew is, you know, friend or foe. Uh, a little bit of both, you know, we're, we're going to find out. Uh, Venom has some quippy dialogue. You know, hey, you come to teach me the ways of the Force because this book's very funny that way. Um, yeah, but you know what? You know what I don't like about all of the quips? That they all fall flat on the rest of the cast of this book. Mm-hmm. Oh, that they just don't get like it? He, like you would think that at some point in time he'd go, Jesus, I'm wasting a lot of time here and I'm just going <laughs> to talk. <laughs> nope, he's going to quip. Because that's what Flash Thompson Spider-Man's does, thing. apparently. Oh, wait. Yeah. That's where he learned it all from, dude. Come on. Sorry. Quips and thwips. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> oh. So, Tarna, uh, the, she says, you know, we, we need to have a conversation. Some shit's going on. Uh, we need to do this without our symbiotes. And she takes hers off, and she's a fucking scroll, Not a hunched-over monster, like her symbiote would indicate. With reverse um, so and knees. You know, um, so they so they, painful to wear. I know. <laughs> really looks fucked up, man. But real talk, um, she's a hot scroll. Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think Ariel Olivetti can draw ugly things. Like refer to issue one, owl. No. <laughs> owl boobs. Gorgeous. I miss her. Why isn't she part of the team? Yeah, she's just a secretary, boobs, man. Why can't she be the secretary on the spaceship? Because they, they don't do much paperwork or logs. dictation. They might. You don't know? Dictation. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, so they have a conversation, and uh, Tarna says to Venom, you know, the, the symbiote is uh, feeling rage again, and Flash, no, no, it's cool. He was on, like, Mercurio. Like, fucking, don't worry about it. And she's like, no, <laughs> I don't think you really understand. I'm not asking. I'm telling you. We're going to take... We're going to take Venom and we're going to return it to the cosmos. That's just what's happening. And uh, Flash, as one would imagine, uh, basically says, fuck you. And they fight. And as they start fighting. He says, fuck you. That's my friend. That's my friend. So now they're all buddy, buddy. But I'm sorry. Continue. So, no, you're right. That was a good thing to point out. (laughs) So they start fighting and uh, Snake Haired Lady and Murder Bear 
are having a joke. You know, it's it's the jokey dialogue going back and forth of uh, they were wondering if they were going to mate earlier. And now that they've started fighting, Snake-Haired Lady says, uh, perhaps they are mating after all. Uh, which Murder Bear replies with, uh, I'm not convinced you know what mating actually looks like. Man, they have to so rename him to Murder Bear. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Murder Bear is a better name than Piccolo. Um, so as they're fighting, uh, Snake-Haired Lady and Piccolo get involved. Uh, the symbiotes start fighting each other. Uh, he gets... The Venom symbiote gets very, very angry. Uh, like, sir, I'm done thinking shit! Gets huge, and they start fighting. Uh, everybody gets involved. It's a big, uh, it's a big battle, and uh, right as Flash is about to uh, get a a, a wrist, uh, an Assassin's Creed shiv uh, through the face, Venom just fucking hulks up and punches Tarna right in the face. Her symbiote starts fighting. He forms a claw and cuts the symbiote in half. Like it's like, oh shit, this is like for real, Venom. And then he runs off and steals her spaceship. And the final page is just Venom, without a human host, laughing his tits off. Yeah, that ended really <laughs> abruptly. I wanted one more page, and I'm like, I don't... Are we okay, guys? Want to know what happens next? No! I I'm do. scared! <laughs> I'm scared. So, Venom, like, Venom, he's just... Venom's by himself, Flash is by himself, Flash with his, his new Lieutenant Dan Legs, and uh, we're going to see what happens. I mean... Oh. I, I love the fact that we consistently review this book. I know. <laughs> it might be the worst book that Marvel is putting out right now. Best book. Yet, best. Yet still, it is not the worst book. book, no. <laughs> but it might be the best. It's, uh, I mean, at this point, I think this series is what it is. It's not going to get any better or any worse. Like, oh, yeah, I, I but don't... I don't think any of us expected, like, when we opened up this book, when we clicked mm. the button to flip the digital page, whatever we did, we did not expect anything different than the last issue, and we were all okay with it. That's true. That's true. And I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think we're going to get the, uh, you know, the... What is the the Iron Man story? The man in the bottle or the demon in the bottle? You, like I don't yeah. think that is coming from this book at any time. You know, it's just going to be this but kind how of fucking amazing. Would that be? <laughs> really? Would if, if Venom, like the symbiote, is just a drunk, but Flash <laughs> is not? Be an interesting. I don't know. Like it's just it's just a fun book. It's a fun book. I fucking like it. Murder Bear, eight oh three. I. It's a buy it. Dude, that's the political <laughs> team we need. Murder Baron 803. <laughs> Murder Baron 803 for 2016. Uh, Evan, what say you? I, I, re I enjoyed this. Again, I, the art is stunningly beautiful. And, it really is. And the story is, if you had no problems with the previous issues, you'll have no problem with this. It's not, you know, it's not mind-blowing. It's not Oscar-worthy, nope. but it is what it is. Oh, it's fucking Oscar-worthy. It, it might be, like, Golden Globe worthy though. Uh, they give out some Maybe. shit. This Dean... is how you win when you judge a book by its art. By its <laughs> when you cover. Judge it by its cover. Which is yeah. fine. The cover was beautiful. It was. And it we was. get to enjoy all it has to offer. Which is not really much, but still. No. It's so good. <laughs> so, so it's a buy it from Matt Dean. I'll fucking buy it. I'll buy ten of them. All right. Two for two. Woo. Two for two. All right, let's go with uh, Evan's pick for this week, which was 4001 AD Exo Mano War, number one. A All right, new Valiant hold up. Book. Before we even start that, Robert uh -huh. Venditti, do you know what else he writes? Uh, Yes. A I... Fucking Green Lantern book, and everybody trashes him for that. And then this book, which is essentially fucking just space and Green Lantern shit with robots, and all of a sudden it's fucking amazing. It's well, got years uh, of history behind. Well, so does Green Lantern. <laughs> Everybody trashes him on Green Lantern because he's not Jeff Johns. That's, That's true, but he reason. can't be Jeff Johns. He can't. Jeff Johns is Jeff Johns. That's true. That's, Just like you're Dan Ryan. <laughs> there's well, only one we're Dan Ryan. We certainly are. Um, I'm so confused. <laughs> this is uh, a new initiative. Keep up, man. A new initiative that Valiant is doing this 4001 AD uh, line of books written by Robert Venditti, art by Clayton Henry and Brian Reber, um, basically takes the Exo Manowar 
story that we all know and love. Um, I certainly love. I fucking love Exo Man of War. I've been reading that book since it came out. It's fucking great. Um, but takes it and and we have thrown this story into the far flung future, and in the TV in the time future, out? yeah, TV, yeah, the Exo Man of War that we grew up with mm-hmm. was not mechs, correct? Mm-mm. Okay, just making sure that I didn't miss something. Well, this, it, this book is fucking like Gundam. This is the book that I've always wanted, and it's awesome. Yeah, it was. It it might be the same. I haven't read the old Exo Manowar stuff probably since I was like eleven. Well, I, right, I, but it was it, just a guy in a suit. Yeah, no, this is right? different, it, man. This is fucking robots. Yeah, but no, I mean it was stating, it was a dude in a suit, like. But like I mean, an Iron Man sized yeah. suit. <laughs> yeah, this is like a. I mean, all right, so let's. In the far off future, uh, New Japan, which is apparently a thing, has a a human created sentience named Father, which, as we've all seen the documentary Alien, always works out well when you name a computer system after a parental figure because Mother worked out so goddamn well for them. Um, <laughs> crew of the Nostromo, very happy with everything that happened. Father <laughs> takes New Japan. And uh, rockets it up into the sky, which apparently causes massive fucking devastation, as you can imagine, a country leaving the planet might. And the rest of the world gets together, and I thought it was uh, it was well written and says, you know, it, they came together in a way that only uh, facing certain extinction can bring people together. Um, and they find the original Exo Man of War suit, which is nigh indestructible. They are able to develop a machine to get off a, the tiniest of fragments off of it. And through those fragments, like penicillin, they are going to replicate and bring about their salvation. So they build giant fucking machines made out of the Exo Man of War armor. Every country has one. Um, the American Conveniently ones, color-coded. Oh, well, sure. The uh, the American one is the traditional uh, blue and orange Exo Manowar color, and uh, they're gonna go fight. And they've all there's a pilot inside each one of them. They're gonna blast off, and they are gonna fucking take out New Japan and Father. And as they're going to launch, lo and behold, every single one of them launches successfully, except for America. A rogue AI, I guess, like a another sentient kind of thing that Father created. Uh, this really weird—he's got 3D goggles on, which is kind of silly. <laughs> but this weird—it uh, looks uh, almost like Doral from Virtual Fighter, if that reference is not lost on people. Uh, shows up and just starts uh, murdering everything. All of the giant Exo Manowar mech suits, all of their radars go down, their weapon systems go down. They can't fire shit. And uh, they all get just destroyed. I, it's so sad. It was so sad. And this uh, Doral-looking motherfucker comes in and, like, erases people? Digi- I, 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 I thought they were being digitized. Yeah, they, like, digitally erased or uploaded, or I don't know what the fuck is going on, but it doesn't look pleasant. And... uh as uh, as she is attacking everything, the American pilot is trying to be rather American and like, fuck it, I'll blow the doors up to eat a dick. I'm going to get out. <laughs> and his weapon systems don't work either. The father program, uh, this little assassin thing comes in and says, you know, father said to leave one person alive to bear witness to the devastation that we have wrought. And it's this American guy. And then we flash forward. That is all taking place in the year 2300, 2200, something like that. And then we flash forward to 4100 AD. The robot, the mech suit that has been uh, buried in a cavern. There are some kids playing. And one of them climbs the mountain of the robot and says, first one up is king. In a little bit of uh, foreshadowing, I would imagine. And Mm. the story continues. And I fucking loved it. That imagery awesome. of time passing, where it's the you know the mech suit in I'll just call it the garage, and yeah. you know five hundred year clumps go by and you just see the overgrowth and the deterioration of the robot and 
su- such a beautiful set of panels. It was really, really well done. Clayton it's a dope-ass really, uh, book, man. Fucking buy really it. nailed it. Yeah, uh, this was great. And you're welcome, gentlemen. <laughs> I mean, well done, Evan. Well done. <laughs> did you, like, you pick this book. Did you pick this on a whim, or do you know, like, were you excited about the 4001 AD stuff? I, w- I, I wasn't aware of the 4001 AD stuff, but I, back in the day, I was a fan of the Valiant Run, Rye, and, and mm-hmm. all of those. And when I saw the imagery of the mech suits, I was like, really? Is this where we're going? I had no, I, I didn't look into it any deeper. I just looked at the picture and I went, this looks interesting to me. And I rolled the dice and won. Well, well done, sir. I thought it was great. Um, I really, really enjoyed this book. I'm looking forward to more of it. You know, I, I like we've said before, you know, I, I know Dean and I, you know, a long time ago when the Valiant stuff first started coming out, like both of us were really, really into it. And, you know, we've we've talked about our love for um, Ivar Timewalker on this show before, and we've talked about Archer and Armstrong on this show before. Mm-hmm. I mean, Valiant, I don't know that they put out a bad book. Uh, they, I, I haven't seen one yet. Every time I pick up a Valiant book, I'm pleasantly They're surprised. fucking dope, man. More Enjoy books by it. Valiant. You know what? Valiant should just write all Why DC shit. Why are you shit. yelling so much? Because I'm excited. <laughs> to, to, I guess. I guess. It, oh, all right. Never mind. Continue. I mean, I'm really excited that there's going to be a uh, 4001 AD Shadow Man book coming out because uh, who didn't love the uh, just? I mean, the mind blow, the crossover to end all crossovers in the 90s. When Aerosmith, <laughs> see, I know, I knew one, of, I knew you were gonna laugh before I even said it. When Aerosmith was in fucking Shadow Man, ow, I have those books. <laughs> I, I still do. I'm not fucking getting rid of that. I got rid of a lot of my comics. I have a, a small box now, and uh, that's one of the ones I still have. Because what was that's the run? Stupid. Where Valiant and Image crossed over. Deathmatch or Death. Death- Death mate. All they were like Oh, it's fucking dope. What, prestige Man. binding? Was yep. that what they're called? Prestige binding and chromium covers and yeah, foil chromium. embossed bullshit. Oh, yeah, that sounds yeah. very nineties. <laughs> Oh, so yeah. Good. Oh man, this is the embodiment of the nineties. <laughs> it was the best. But Did Matt. they have pogs attached to them too? <laughs> you had to buy four books and the fifth one was covered in pogs. Okay. Good. <laughs> it was just a, a pog actually. <laughs> It's a pog with pages on it. Dean's Matt, just jealous because he he only knows pogs through reruns. Bullshit, man! I had a fucking <laughs> like box of them, and that was in the nineties. I was fucking pogging that shit up as a kid. I keep trying to get to Matt's opinion, but anybody else? No. Okay, Matt. And another thing. <laughs> oh yeah, my dentist used to give me pogs if I brushed my teeth well. <laughs> Uh no, I thought for it was the the book the book we were talking about before that. Uh, it was really good. It's really compelling. I want to see what happens next. The art was great. Uh, writing was great. And this is coming from a guy who's basically never picked up a Valiant book ever. Really, minus yeah. the ones we've made you read. For yeah, the minus show. a couple that yeah. From this show, like, like uh, Archer and Armstrong, and... but they're under, not under, they're unrelated because they've been dead for over 3,000 years now, right? Or something. Mm-hmm. 2,000, 2,000 years. All right. This is yeah, this, awesome. um, the, there's an event checklist in the back of this, and it's Exo Manowar, uh, Rye, Bloodshot, and Shadow Man. And Bloodshot was a... an amazing character. Oh, Bloodshot's awesome. He looks um, stupid as there... fuck on the cover in the back. Well... It's a fucking yeah. floating head. That's a little weird, but um, but there's also a classified one. So, I mean, Ooh. like the Ninjak book has been back for a while. I, I could always use more Ninjak. It's a fucking dope ass book, but we'll see. This so is making if, me want to go into my long boxes that are in my closet with all of my '90s books. And just pull them out and just they, look they, at them. It, it probably say, it. won't go well. No, it'll be upsetting. <laughs> I decided a few years ago that I was going to go back and uh, reread the image number ones. And, oh, uh, why would you do that to yourself? Boy, they're bad. Oh. I mean, Shadowhawk is still okay, but and uh, I mean, Spawn was all right, but oh man, like Ooh. Youngblood. S- 
Speaking of like retro and those loving memories, do you see that they're making a new Voltron? I saw the trailer. I am really excited. Yeah, no, uh, Netflix. It's been in the works for a while though, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had a they had a a trailer before this one, and I was really let down by it. But then uh, this one comes out, and it's not the same. It's been heavily modernized, but it still it that. Whoever's doing it is doing something right, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. But, all right, so uh, 4001 AD, Exo Man of War number one. Buy it from me, Evan. Yo, absolutely. Very good. <laughs> Yo. It's very Egon of uh, you. Joey Tribbiani Def- from... Uh, Definitely buy it. From, from Evan. Dean, it's a buy it. I mean, you just yelled buy it when we before we even started. <laughs> 10 I don't out know of 10. Just fucking it do it. Minutes. Just buy it. <laughs> and Matt. Definitely buy it. Just one thing, though. Didn't yeah. Valiant just destroy their universe or something? They had the Book of Death miniseries, uh, didn't they? It's, not really... it's comic books. It's not really that. Oh, I know. I know. But I'm just <laughs> trying to, ever like, <laughs> are, they, are they doing a, a rebirth of their own? Or what? what's the deal? What are There's they doing? a difference between rebirth and this. They're doing the flash forward so that we don't have to ignore or pretend that the old stuff didn't happen. Yeah. Which is what know, DC we'll consistently see. forces us to do. We'll see. All right, so uh, we'll see where it goes. I, I really enjoyed the show, guys. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> huh? No, no, um, I am. I am oh. excited for the dissenting opinion here. We oh, are ending okay. this week with Kaju Max season two, number one, written and drawn by close personal friend of the show, Xander Cannon. Um, Dean. I'm gonna let you take the lead on this oh, one. Jesus Christ! Hold, oh, on. Hold on, let man. me lower the, let me lower my volume. Hold on. <laughs> all right, all right. I wish on. I could see it the way you see it. <laughs> I do too. I really, really do. Okay, so when we left off with uh, season one, I didn't even know we were going by seasons, but that makes it even fucking better. Um, Electro Gore and his buddy uh, Green Green Humung. Green Humongo. Green Humongo. I was going to say Humongosaur, and I'm like, he's not a dinosaur. That's crazy. Green Humongo, uh, who is a rapping god, let me tell you. Fuck Uh, yeah. Yeah, they they, they fucking, they bounce, man. While all this crazy shit is going on between the, the, the big, like, kaiju clans inside the, the prison... Uh, Electrogore and uh, Green Humongo make their moment, and they fucking just bounce while the power's down and stuff. And we start off again with them at Green Humongo's brother's house. And um, his brother wakes up and everything, and he's answering the phone, which, I mean, it's cool that monsters have, like, phones and shit. That's pretty cool. And his boss <laughs> his is phone, on the phone. like His phone was made out of, like, a train. <laughs> Yeah, it was like a train like, car or something. Or like a car. Yeah. So he picks up the train car and he answers it. No, his, his train, his phone was a truck. His lunchbox was a train. That, there you go. Fine. They're big. Yeah, is what they're, we're they're, saying. They're, they're big. They're tall. They're, the size is large. So yep. picks up the phone and he's like, "Oh, hello," and it's it's his boss. It's his human boss. And man, this guy is shitting on him, telling him he has to come into work early and this and that and. Kind of calls him a bunch of really mean names in the meantime. So he gets off the phone. He's like, yeah, all right, all right, I'll be there. So he's about to leave when he gets a knock on the door. And he opens the door, and it's his brother, Green Humongo, and his buddy, Electricor. And they're like, yo, we're out of prison. We need a place to crash. And uh, his brother, which I'm gonna just going to call Red Humongo, because that's a good name. That's fine. Um, is- can, I, can, I, can I, hold on. Can I just interject how awesome this panel is? Of him, like, s- kind of, sort of opening the door, and Electrogore and Green Humongo, who are, like, 80 stories tall, are trying to, like, look inconspicuous getting yes. into this Yeah, fucking, they're, like, all like, hunched over shit, and shit like, behind, maybe like... Maybe somebody the... won't see us. Oh, God. I'm like, what are you, what are you guys doing? <laughs> who won't in see you? In broad daylight. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. So, uh, they're waiting to get in, and Red Humongo's finally like, all right, you know, get in. I don't want anyone seeing you, because it's just bad news for everyone. And... Uh, they get in and all that, and Green Humongo's like, all right, man, listen, you don't have to work for these fucking schmucks anymore. We can start up the fucking the gang again, bro. And he starts listing off a bunch of names. I remember one is like Space Baby or something ridiculous. <laughs> and um, 
Red Humongo's like, you don't know what happened, do you, man? Those people, like, one's dead, one's addicted to fucking drugs, and the other one's just kind of MIA. So, I don't think that's a good idea. I'm going to go to work. Y'all get the fuck out when I'm back, or there's going to be trouble. <laughs> no, you, you're missing the best line of the book. What's the best line, dude? Tell me. Red Humongo says, no, I say smooth white balls to that. He did say that. <laughs> He did say that. And you know what? I had the same reaction you oh, did. Of, God oh, That's fucking awesome. That was pretty fucking Smooth awesome. white balls to that. I guess a lot of monsters have smooth white balls. Probably not because it's a negative thing. It's so funny. It's a derogatory ever, term. Oh, it's like a Dave Chappelle stand-up bit where he wants to get Botox for his balls. Okay. All right. All right so seeing as we're on page six, six can we... Can, can we Come on. No, shut up. You you want you want to talk about <laughs> Batman and fucking Man of War? I'm going to talk about fucking Kaiju Max. Here we go. Anyway, gets to work and shit. On to page seven. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on, man. We done? We fucking done? We fucking done? Go ahead. It's goddamn right. My fucking show. <laughs> talk about some goddamn Kaiju Max. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Sir. Hey, I handed this over to you. And I now have an iron grip on it. <laughs> anyway, um, so he, uh, Red Humongo finally gets to work, and you start realizing, like, how shitty he's got it. Like, it, it's fucking bad. You know, no, nothing is good for him. Uh, he's not even friends with the other kaiju that works on site, who's buddies with fucking every human there. And, like, everyone alienates him. So I think this is the start of Red Humongo starting to realize, maybe the gang isn't such a bad idea. Anyway, we split off to, um... Who is that, this character? Which character? Like, okay, the the, the character that we're about to... Okay, there are... Uh, oh, spe- Thunder... boxes? Oh, so Thunder Smog 2K17 or whatever the fuck his name is? That's the robot thing? No, 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 that, that's... No, um, no. Uh, uh, what the fuck is her name? She's Mechazon's sister. Mechazon is the big robot uh, dinosaur in jail, and okay. it's it's her sister, and that's why she's writing the letter to him. To um, that all right, and, and let me let me backtrack a little bit because I'm I'm kind of going off on another tangent. Anyway, we fast forward uh from the workplace to uh, a letter being written by Mechazon's sister, which I I can't remember the name. It's like Chichiko or something like that. Something very. Like Godzilla, like Godzilla, yeah, like ish. So anyway, um, she's writing the letter and she's like, "Oh, you know, I I wish you could see things the way I do. I I don't understand, you know, why you took the position you did. And if you don't remember, Mechazon took a stance of being a pacifist and he wasn't gonna do battles anymore because he didn't want to hurt anyone, which is admirable. But when monsters are beating the fuck out of the city, you're probably gonna get arrested and thrown into jail then because you're not doing your goddamn job." So, so I, I it did, okay. okay. So the the panel with the robot dinosaur that looks like he's picking up trash, like just standing there. Yeah, that's Megazon. Okay. Yeah. And he, is that that's, Optimus he, Prime that's on him. the floor? He is reading the letter that Chisato has written him. He is uh, still Chisato? In, is that her name? in Kaiju Max. He is still okay. in the prison. Yeah. Okay. I don't I don't think he'll ever escape unless something really crazy happens. But Anyway, um... Didn't something really crazy happen? Yeah, and only two people escaped, surprisingly. So That's a pretty good prison. No, yeah, it is a pretty good prison. I mean, that's well, why it it's a max. a max facility. Yeah, so... Anyway, um... A kaiju max. This is why I can't finish the books, because everyone keeps goddamn talking. <laughs> just buy it! It's great! Buy it! Oh, I should just stop here, because I've said it was great, and I, we should buy it. All right, but I'll, I'll fast forward more or less. Um, Chisato is taking a very different view uh, from what Mechazon did, where he took you know the pacifist route in that monsters shouldn't be hurt and destroyed. She is all gung ho with her pilot, um, who controls her when they're doing patrols and stuff, of saying monsters are bad; they deserve to be in jail. We need to beat the shit out of them at every turn, which eh, not not so good for the monsters. Just saying. Um, and then after that, they, they fast forward again back to Red Humongo, which is getting out of work, and he's all kind of pissed, and he gets stopped by the cops, like it's, like, L.A. in the fucking 90s, man, and they're all like, get your hands up, Liz, which I guess is a derogatory term, and he puts his hands up, he drops his little 
train car lunchbox, which they say to put on the ground, and then he has to show them their ID and stuff, and then they're all like, word of advice. What do they fucking say, Dan? Um, oh, fuck. I'm not on, the, I'm not on that panel. Hold on. He's not let on me, that page. Let me flip to it. I'm not on that page. He's going to be on that page, yeah. though. I'm going to. Any second. Oh, fuck. I'm ready for it. You can edit this out. No, I'm not. No, I know you won't. Every time I listen to the show and I'm like, oh, there's where I say you could edit this part out. I'm not um, going to edit it out. It's good, it's good airtime stuff. Oh, he says to uh, know your place. Yeah, and it's it, that's just kind of fucked up, man. Like, know, know your place. Like, I thought... I thought you were trying to cohabitate, and that's that's not cool. So yeah, it's an allegory. It, it is. It You're is, an man. allegory. All right, take it easy. I once was an allegory. It was a school play. I think everybody Any had to participate. fucking who? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ink, inky dinka doo. What the fuck? Let me finish. <laughs> Red Humongo gets home, and Electrigor and Green Humongo are still there, and they're like, Green Humongo's fucking passed out, man. He's been 420 blazing in on chimney stacks all day. All day hardcore. <laughs> and um, Electrigor's still there, and he's like, listen, I know, man, you know, sh- we're kind of in a bad spot. We don't want to leave when, you know, all these patrols are around and stuff. We're hoping we can stay till it clears up. And Red Humongo is just like, yeah, whatever, man. Fucking do what you want. I I don't care. And he he goes to bed and shit. But I with that attitude, it feels like he's probably going to change the way he feels about things, and we'll probably end up falling into some sort of gang with Green Humongo and Electrigor. And I'm pretty fucking excited that I can say Red Humongo, Green Humongo, and Electrigor all in one sentence because it's a drama about monsters, and I love it. That's it. That's the end of the book. I don't got to say anything, goddamn else. That's just fucking, it's a great book. It's Oz and fucking Godzilla put together. If you're not already reading it, read the first six issues, which is the first season. It's in trade. And then go and read this and then keep buying it. Because Xander Cannon, we're pulling for you, man. Xander Cannon 2016. This is your year, man. Do it. I agree. But apparently Evan and Matt don't. So. I don't, I don't care. I'm, gentlemen. I'm, I, I already shot them off the show they're done I, I just <laughs> i've already hung up on them he, he he pushed the button we've both been ejected from our <laughs> respective homes <laughs> uh, all right so matt matt yeah let's let's lead with you you didn't like this I, yeah <laughs> i i don't know i don't know what to tell you i have this feeling like it is a good book it's just not for me it just doesn't do anything for me i don't get anything out of it i can barely get through it but it's so beautiful how much you and dean <laughs> love it it just makes me feel good and i'm glad it's around because it's bringing somebody so much joy and maybe if i liked it it would be some kind of cosmically balanced thing where you might not like it as much so i'm okay not liking it <laughs> because you love it so much and Dean obviously is balancing Evan, who hates it. <laughs> and that's okay because somebody is so happy. What what don't you like about it? I I couldn't even tell you. It's just a it's just a situation where I I look at it and I just kind of just get that face like a cow looks at an oncoming train. It's just nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Evan, um, I feel like you hate this book. With the passion of a thousand burning suns, and I'm not sure why. Okay. Uh, all right, this is nothing against Xander. Okay? I, Coolest I, name, by the way. Phenomenal name, name. I wish him the best. Like Matt said, this book is not for me. Because I have eyes, <laughs> and I know how to read. Oh, dear. Okay? Ouch, so, other Ouch, than babe. those two little things, <laughs> this... <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. I I take your comments. And uh, I I am not done, sir. (laughs) Okay. Now I'm done. And uh, you two are fired. Get off the show. Nope. Nope. I don't. I don't want any more. I don't want any more. It's now the Kaiju Max cast. Kaiju Max cast. (laughs) First half is Kaiju Max. Second half is Puzzles and Dragons. Damn right. Look, Puzzle I, Max, Dragon. <laughs> yep, I'm in. Uh, our criticism of this book, the first time 
when we read it. I, you know, the the very first issue when it came out, we kind of read it as like, well, this is going to be fucking weird. And I love the book. I, I actually, I think it was just Dean and I on the show. What do you love about this? Okay, Dan specifically. <laughs> okay, not Dean. Dan, what do you love about this book? I genuinely love the serious story that is being told through the these ridiculous characters. I the the story of the first one of a prison drama and the politics that go on inside of a prison and the the inner workings of the system and the commentary on how the system is broken and unfairly skewed against certain segments of the population, I thought was really intelligently written, was really smartly done, but it was wrapped up in these ridiculous characters. I mean, kaiju characters are, are by their very nature ridiculous, and and I I love the fact that they're just ridiculous. I love that there were so many hints and winks and nods to famous kaiju of... I mean, it. let's be honest, it's mostly Godzilla kaiju that are being aped here. Um, can, can I stop you for a second? Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. You know I love you. I, I know okay? you do. What about this book? Because you just spent all that time talking about the last complete series. Right. This book. Okay. So, But that's where I was going. You know I'm long-winded. Okay. I can't fucking just <laughs> say shit. I'm just trying to rein you in because I just had to sit through all this from Dean yelling at me. So... so Taking all that and now applying it to this book, what I feel that this book is going to deliver is going to be a more social commentary um, that is particularly relevant now dealing with uh, issues of race and equality in society. You know, Dean made a point to uh, allude to the, the Rodney King riots of Los Angeles in the 90s of you know this monster he's on parole he's working his job and and walking home the you know cops stop him and they're like you know that that line of know your place is a very particularly i feel anyway i i haven't spoken to xander about it because i say good friend of the show we had like a couple dms and then <laughs> and that was it but um you know oh that's cool i i don't um i don't know that it was particularly chosen for this reason, but I feel like it was particularly chosen because that was a very common expression used in the 60s during the civil rights movement of people just need to know their place. So taking these these big social ideas and this social commentary and wrapping it up in this story, I think is really smart. I think it makes it accessible to people. They might actually learn something or open their eyes a little bit. Um, I understand the criticisms of this book based around artwork. Uh, it was one of our criticisms to begin with of, look, the art is not the best. It is passable for what is being done here. And I appreciate the fact that that Mr. Cannon is doing the whole book himself. Like it, the lettering, the coloring, the artwork, the, you know, the inking, the pencils, the whole, the whole deal. It, this is just one man's vision. So is it the best artwork I've ever seen? Not even close. We said that from the very beginning, though. To take those ideas and put them into this story, though, I genuinely fucking love it. All right. On that point, and I'll be serious mm -hmm. here, you, you make very valid points that the things that they are talking about are truly important. Mm -hmm. I think it's borderline insulting to wrap it in mm. this silliness that this book is. But, because we are talking about racism and inequalities and all of that stuff, and it's made to look like a farce. So if I'm supposed to sure. be looking deeply into this, I can't because it's a borderline Momo dinosaur that has a dude sliding down his back like fucking Fred Flintstone. <laughs> That's the point. That's the beauty. It's like fucking Adventure Time and regular show. They they do adult things sometimes, but they wrap it in kitty shit, so it's more digestible. So I, I don't know, man. I, I think it has charm, and I like it. I, I definitely, I can, I can see your point, Evan, as to how, you know, we are talking about these very serious things, and, and make no mistake, in 
not to get too real right now, but with the current political climate that we find ourselves uh, embroiled in, it's only May and we're talking about presumptive nominees and vice presidents for the upcoming election in this country that is going to be hugely divisive um, between Donald Trump and whoever the uh, Democratic nominee. And the other. Um, probably Hillary, but should be Bernie. Um, it, it's a lot of these types of issues are going to come to the forefront. I mean, you have a major political party in America saying um, all Muslims are going to be banned and we're going to build a wall and deport 11 million Mexicans. Like, th those are serious issues. So I see your point of, like, we have these giant kaiju monsters. Isn't that a little bit insulting? I don't take it that way personally. I think it's a way to make some of these really heady and really intense topics a little bit more digestible. Um, but uh, I feel like Dean is getting upset that we're talking so seriously about this. Book. Stop. <laughs> but I mean, that, that's... Like, I feel like he's sitting there fuming. Like if there was a camera on him, I could see him with his arms crossed and his face all furrowed. I, I think the positive spin to put on uh, this discussion and what it's brought up is that this book is working on many mm -hmm. completely distinct levels and should or could potentially reach uh, an extended audience because it's like it's like a Pixar movie. It's got something for the parents. It's got something for the kids. No offense, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> but it's... <laughs> no, I, I mean, and... You know, like I said, I what I do enjoy. I do. En what was that? I don't know. I do enjoy all of the uh, the seriousness behind it, but I also just think it's kind of a cool book. Like I like giant monsters too. You know, so I'm kind of into that aspect of it as well. All right, all right. Listen to each his own drummer beats and all of that shit. I say no to this book. It's not for me. I if maybe if it was different art. I, you know, it's not even the art. I could look past the art. There was so much wordage on the page, and he kept trying to put it in his language or his monster's language. Well, they were that it, the, for me. They were speaking in slang, right? And and that would be his monster's language. It's fucking dope. <laughs> it's fucking lit. It's lit. The, it's Liz from, from the mouth of babes. Okay, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm checking out. Do I have a buzzer? I'm done. <laughs> ding, ding. I ain't hear no bell. All right, so it's a pass from Evan and Matt. It's a buy from me and Dean. Uh, this is a book you're either going to love or hate. I, I mean, honestly, it's it, it. that's just what it is. I mean, there, there's, there was nothing in this issue where if you didn't like any of the previous issues where you'd be like, oh, okay, now I get it. None of that. This is now I've completely turned around. <laughs> this book has done a 180. I am fucking on board. Um, yeah, no, that you either love this or you don't. But on that rather serious in-depth discussion. Wow. We actually stayed on the rails. I know. I'm sorry. God damn it. Poops Evan. and shits and <laughs> owl tits. Penis jokes. <laughs> Owl boobs. It got, to the, it got to the rails because of the, the telephone. Oh, this train car. On the, son choo -choo. of a bitch, Matt. On that note, announcer guy, say some shit. Thank you, Dan. Attention listeners. Did you know the Geek Aid crew are real people you can get in touch with? Did you also know you can keep track of what comes out on the fabulous Geek Aid website without even visiting it? Did you know that Dean irons his vest every hour on the hour to be prepared for anything? Wait, really? Well, you can keep in touch with Geek Aid by following them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and more. If that's not enough, you can also send them an email at mail at geekaid.com. Be sure to check out the show notes to get all the links and more information on today's episode. Back to you, Dan. Thanks again, announcer guy. And honestly, thank you again for listening to the Paper Cuts podcast. We really do appreciate it. When you're done listening, if you could take a moment, head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review. It's the easiest way to get eyes and ears on the show, and it costs you absolutely zero. Well, uh, well, your time. But if you just spend an hour listening to us, you have a couple minutes. Let's be honest here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, way to ingratiate the, 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 the <laughs> listening audience, sir. I love them. You know I do. If you want to get a hold of any of us, you can send us uh, an email, mail at geekade.com. If you want to get a hold of us individually uh, to tell Evan how right or wrong he is about Kaiju Max, you can follow Evan on Twitter at... 
Kimono underscore Vestlord. That's my goddamn name. <laughs> Fuck you. It took me a second. I had to think of it. I forgot it for a minute. Uh, Geekade underscore Evan. If you want to follow Dean. Kimono underscore goddamn Vestlord. <laughs> Fucking taking my name. No, it's Kimono underscore Vestlord. If you want to follow Matt. <laughs> I'm at Geekade Matt. And if you want to follow me and talk about Puzzle and Dragons or beer, uh, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram. I am at Dan. Join us next week when we have a whole slew of new books to talk about, including, spoilers, Civil War Zero. Till that time, what? for Evan Goldstein, for Dean DeFalco, for Matt Much, and for Dan Ryan, I am Dan Ryan.